Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. The Life Free of Anxiety podcast with Erica and normally Dr. Barr, but today we are with uh, Faison Covington, who is joining us. She is in North Carolina. She's a licensed clinical social worker who practices psychotherapy. She's also the voice you're going to hear on the Change program, which is the program Dr. Barr and I both are working on bringing back to you guys. It's a program that was out there for some time, and it's had a couple different owners. It's now gotten to us, and uh, we are working on bringing that to you sooner because of the current pandemic at hand. We are going to be announcing when that's ready um, as soon as we get a little more information. And just to remind you, this is the anxiety program that Dr. Barr and I both use to recover from anxiety. But today we have Faison Covington with us, which I'm so excited about. Hopefully you listened to the last episode where Faison kind of got introduced to you and um, you kind of got a little bit of information about where she's been and uh, what she's done and the cool things that have happened in her life. She also had anxiety like Dr. Barr. She's also a professional who had anxiety, who overcame it. But today she's talking about children and anxiety and the current pandemic. She's going to break down how to talk to your kids based on their age. So if they're under 10, that's a different conversation than if they're over 10. And things to look out for uh, with stress right now with kids and things you can do, things you can say. And it's just a really great interview. So I'm super excited to share it with you guys. So let's get to it right now. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, back with me is Faison Covington, who I'm listening to her in the change program where she shared vulnerabilities and techniques that she used to get better from her journey with anxiety. She has so many cool stories. She's helped so many people. And today she's going to talk to us about children and anxiety. This is a really, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is a really tough time for kids. I'm, I'm not going to say it is because I have a little almost one-year-old at home and he has no idea what's going on. But I imagine myself in this situation as a kid, you know, seeing weddings canceled or postponed. Suddenly you can't go to Billy's birthday party because that's canceled. School shut down. What what do you think, Faison? Is this something that's is this drastically changing children's lives out there right now or? Um, not, yet. It's, not yet. It's so when we're talking about children, you know, we need to talk about between the ages of one and 18, there's. It, it, they don't have a unified response. To right. This. So I, I'm sort of, for the purpose of talking to you today, I'm going to break it down to under 10 
you know, like three or four years old to 10 and then 10 to 18, 19. Okay. So the, the, the under 10 child, 10 is, is the, actually the mean age for, for the onset of anxiety in childhood. So under 10, children act one way. Over 10, children act another way. Okay. So the under 10 kids are more annoyed. They're more concerned about why they can't go play. They're more concerned about why they can't go to the movies. They're more concerned about why the mother can't go back to the grocery store for the third time and get ice cream. Yeah. They're, they're more egocentric and mm-hmm. they're more concerned about how is this going to affect me? Now, if the parents are showing a whole lot of what I'll call pathological anxiety, mm-hmm. more anxiety than this warrant, like if they're you know, keeping their shades down and praying four times a day and acting like they're all going to die, the child is going to feel that. Right, right. child will feel that. Yeah. Typically, a child under 10 will ask the parents, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be okay? Uh Then they'll ask the parents, are you going to be okay? Because their world is them and their parents. Mm-hmm. That's sort of their world. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you should do with a young child is ask them what they've heard. Okay. And what have you heard? What's out there? What have you heard? And they'll tell you what they've heard, and they'll probably go straight into what they fear. Mm. So they might say, I've heard that everybody over 60 is going to die. Does that mean I'm going to lose all my grandparents? Yeah. Or they'll say, I've heard that uh, this only happens once in a hundred years. Does that mean we're all going to? You know, who knows what they've heard? Yeah, exactly. So you want to you want to start with what it is they're carrying in their own head. Okay. And then then you go from there and you dispel whatever inaccuracies they have, and then you tell them just as simple as you can what the facts are, as mm. simple as you can, like. I use the word droplets a lot with children. Mm-hmm. I'll say, unless you touch somebody else's droplets that comes out of their nose or their mouth or is on their hands, you are not going to get this. Hmm. That's a good So one. you just give them something very simple. If you say something like, well, we're, iso- we're doing social isolation, we're doing social distancing, they don't know what the hell that means. They <laughs> right. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. They, they don't know what that means. They, they'll make it up. They'll make up in their head what that means, and it won't be 100% accurate. Yeah. So another thing I do with children when they have worries always is I say, so what do you think the percentage chance is that you're going to die? Hmm. And they'll say 90%. And I'll <laughs> say, okay, so let's think about that. So Let's just say there are 100 people in the sixth grade. Do you think 90 of those will die? And they go, no, 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 no. I say, okay, so so what percent do you think will die? And they go, 50%. So I'll say, okay, so do you think 50 of those kids will die? And they go, no, 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 no. And, I, and then they get confused, and I say, not even 1%. Wow. Point zero 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 one. Probably nobody in the sixth grade will die. That's awesome. And there there it is. It's like, okay, nobody in my sixth grade class will die. And like you said, their their worlds are small. Their worlds are small. So that's how they're thinking of the world. Okay. Well, nobody's gonna so die. Then I go to, so then I go to a fact. Well, I looked it up. And in China, there has not been a death of anyone under the age of nine. Nobody 
under the age of nine has died in China from coronavirus. No one. And China has, the population of China is, I don't know how much more than America, 10 times, 20 times? Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know off the top of my head either, but it is a lot. So So that's what I say to children. Now, what I do with children, or I encourage the parents to do, is keep a routine, um, stay rooted in the family, have the meal times and the bedtimes at the same time. Children, children's fears go down when they're following a routine. Right. Children's fears also go down when they're involved in pleasurable activities. So pleasure is a counter conditioning factor for okay. fear. So it's like the song, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. The reason it makes the medicine go down is because in our brains, in the brains of humans, fear goes down when pleasure goes up. So this does not need to be a time when you're yelling at your kids. This does not need a time when you're forcing, you know, any, I mean, force some things, of course, but this, Mm -hmm. this does not need to be a time of hardship. Right. If you want them to not be scared and if you want you to not be scared, do pleasurable activities. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down for grownups, too. Yeah, that's true. I've loved exercising right now. It's it's given me like, oh, okay, I, this is normal still. Okay, I'm not exercising where I normally do, but I'm doing it at home. And I, oh, there's that boost. And yeah, I can kind of stop looking at my phone for a while. I agree. This is good advice for anyone. So another thing I would do with children is I would go on Amazon or somewhere, Walmart, or whatever people go on, mm-hmm. and I'd let them choose some soaps. Oh, wash their hands with. I'd let them choose some funny soaps with bubble, with smells like bubble gum. Or oh, I love that. Comes in, yeah, that comes in a container. It looks like a check-in or whatever the heck they want to do. <laughs> yeah, make this fun oh, and cool. teach them that thing about you sing happy birthday to yourself two yes. times uh-huh. when you wash your hands and make it fun. So if you hear a child singing happy birthday, everybody in the family jumps in and says happy birthday. Thanks, happy birthday. Make this, make this fun. Get the fear out of it. You know, most of us are going to be okay. These are some most great of tips. Us are going, most people will get through this. Most people will. There's no reason for all of us to have post-traumatic stress disorder when this is over. Yeah. There's just no reason. There's no reason to. Okay, so that's the little kids. Now, the kids 10 and over are going to take their cues from what they're seeing on social media and from their friends. Mm-hmm. So a little bit before puberty, children start discounting their parents and count more on what their friends believe. Hmm. So it's going to be a little bit harder with kids 10 and over. Okay. So you're going to need to ask them every two or three days, did you see anything or hear anything today that scared you? Hmm. You're going to have to use a little bit more energy with your teenagers, with your old, with your older preteens and your teenagers, because they don't really trust you as much. Ah, yep. Because they're mo- developmentally, they're moving away from the parents or God to the, my peers no more than my parents. Mm. So what you want to do with these kids is you want to normalize their feelings, their thoughts, and their body sensations. They're going to feel this stuff at a different level then the under 10-year-olds are going to feel it. They're going to start getting panicky thoughts and feelings, whereas the kids under 10 don't as much. Okay. 
And so you want to normalize it. So if they say, well, I felt sort of sick in my stomach all day, does that mean I'm getting it? You said, no, sick on your stomach is means that you might be a little bit worried because that's where anxiety shows up. Hmm. And you want to explain to this, these children the same as you would an adult, that just because you think it or feel it doesn't mean it's true. So if a child comes up to you and says, I feel like I have, I have the coronavirus, I feel like I have COVID-9, I feel like I have it, mm-hmm. just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. I felt like I was mentally ill, and guess what? I wasn't. <laughs> right, right. We touched on that in the last episode. Faison, this is some really this is some really good stuff. I have a question I read today in the New York Times that said if your kids are six and under, so I'm just going back to the younger crowd, and they seem oblivious to the coronavirus, do you want to bring that up? or they, I mean, I read that you shouldn't, but is that something that... No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, you shouldn't until... Okay. Uh, you should, if they say, well, why is everybody home? You say, well, everybody's home because some people are getting sick with a germ, and okay. we're taking care, we're being careful. But you, you always want to say, what have you heard? Ah, okay. I love that. You know, what, either what have you heard or what are you thinking? Okay. What is your brain telling you about this? What is your brain telling you about this? Our brain tells us hundreds of things every day. Some of it is accurate and reality-based, and some of it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Some of it isn't. I thought it was going to rain today. My brain said it was. Guess what? It hasn't rained today. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we need to teach children as early as we can that our brain is constantly just saying things to us. It's busy. And yes, everything it, is. it says isn't ac- isn't accurate. It's not accurate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I wanted to hit if I have time about older kids. Yeah, I wanted you to. What I'm hearing from the older kids up through college is they're pretty irritated that they're having to make a sacrifice. Right. That they've had to come home from college or that they're not getting to play soccer or they're not playing lacrosse or they're not getting to go out with their friends. So this is a good time to teach compassion training Mm. and to teach the value in your life of making sacrifice for the good of the, the good of the whole. Okay. And it's just a good time to teach those coping skills. Children the rest of their life will make sacrifices for others. Right. And they need to learn right now that there's a satisfaction that comes from doing that. And that it's not all awful. And how do you go about doing that as the parent? You let them know that people have made sacrifices for them. That's what you are doing now for others. So the way you teach compassion training to humans mm-hmm. is you ask them to remember of remember a time when they felt it, when they felt that it was given to them. Hmm. Yeah. Cause... So it's called it's called the moment of nurturance. So you ask a child to think of a time where they felt safe, loved, and just completely like everything they did was okay. They weren't judged. Just they just felt cozy, and they're creating that for other people right now. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. Let them notice how good that feels. How good it feels to do that. And remind them that people like NBA stars, NFL stars are always talking about giving back, giving back, giving back. The reason they all give back is it feels so darn good. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. And not to mention the NBA stars are taking a break, too. I think I just heard two Lakers have it the other day or something like that. So one more thing I want to say about getting children off caffeine right now. 
Okay. That um, caffeine is a stimulant, and it will cause them to be more anxious than they would be ordinarily. So if they are worried and anxious, just get them off chocolate and caffeine right now. Okay. And put them on Sprite, and and it's not that they can't have sugar. They can have sugar. Sugar is not implicated in anxiety, but caffeine is implicated in anxiety. So if you have a child that's crying or that's acting overly dependent on you for reassurance, get them off caffeine. Caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant. So when we drink caffeine, it moves us into the sympathetic part of our central nervous system. So generally what we're doing is we're cranking down the road and our sympathetic and our parasympathetic are working equally and our mood is stable. Caffeine moves moves you a little bit into sympathetic overload, which means you can have panic feelings and thoughts. And if there's nothing going on in the world, it's probably okay. But if there's a coronavirus and your child is worried about it, this is not a good time to have three Coca-Colas and two Hershey's bars. Okay. This is not a day for that. And you tell them, you say, hey, guess what? Because we're worrying, we're not going to drink something that's going to make us more nervous and worried. But we we can go to a window and get, you know, get something that's good. We can go get whatever they want to go get as long as it doesn't have caffeine in it. Yeah. And as long as it's not doesn't have dark chocolate in it. Okay. So that's important. It's also important to tell a child that if they're having fear, that worrying about the fear makes it worse. It doesn't make it better. Because intuitively it feels like we ought to worry about it. Yes. But the truth is it's not useful. It doubles it. Okay. So the parent can say to the child, are you doubling your fear right now by worrying about why you're so afraid? And the child can go, yeah, I can't stop. And you go, come here, come here a minute. And you put them in your lap and you hold them and you say, why don't we go make, why don't we go make a strawberry smoothie? And then I want you to tell me what your brain is telling you because we're not sick here. Hmm. We're all good. We're good here. We're good. So kind of going through and deciding the truth with your children too. Like what, what are you fearing and what is the truth here? Um, yeah. What warning signs can parents look out for when kids might be secretly worrying other than the stomach aches? A stomach ache is a big one. Okay. Oh, another thing that they'll notice is that the child um, sort of isolates a little bit. Maybe they're staying on their screens more or they're not eating as much as they were. Mm. And you can just say, are you are you by any chance worrying? Because okay. if you're worrying, I, want, I really want to know about it. And, and boys especially, girls are more likely to tell you if they're worried. But <laughs> yeah. little boys don't want you, they think that's being a sissy or right. a wimp. And they don't really want people to know they're worried. So it might be that their dad could ask them or it might be that you would ask them, um, you take a walk around the block at night and ask them when when, they, when nobody's looking at them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can't answer honestly when you're looking right at them. They'll go, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm fine. Yeah. So you might want to take them for a car ride or put, you know, walk around the block and just go, hey, is this virus thing worrying you at all? Or you and your friends worried about this at all? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I'm good. And you go, because I was just wondering because... 
I know that a lot of kids your age really are worried. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that if you are, that you feel like you can tell us. Because I can probably help you stop worrying. That's awesome. And you don't you don't want to over ask like like you like you don't want them to think that you think there's something wrong with them if they're not worrying. But you you know your child well enough to know if your child is acting a little bit off, you need to check and see if they are decided that you're gonna die or their grandmother's gonna die. They will typically worry about themselves first, mm-hmm. their first degree relatives second, which is the parents, and their third degree relatives third, which is their grandparents. Okay. That's that's just how the brain works. Like I'm, I don't want to die, and then I don't want the people closest to me to die, and then I don't want the next closest people to me to die. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, and I really don't want any anybody to die of this, but I really don't want the people I live with to die. Of <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The kid's mind is very interesting. Um, well, they're just their their world is smaller. Yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. They're, they're they're um they're just they 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 have different patterns and they have different grief patterns. They have different worry patterns. They're just different. You know, they're not fully developed yet. Their brain isn't developed yet fully. Yeah, and this is such a hot topic anyway of kids and anxiety. There's so much more stress nowadays, and um, it seemed only right to talk about stress and the coronavirus and how that could be affecting kids right now with you. I really appreciate everything you said. Oh, gosh. I I love to talk about it, as you probably can tell. <laughs> All right, Face and Covington, thank you so much for being here. You have been amazing. You've shared some fascinating tips and some things that are really going to be, um, I think people can start putting, you know, implementing today with their with their families. So thank you so much for being here. And we will definitely have you back. Thank you. I enjoy talking to you. Same here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.